Divisionate Community. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to Stay Curious, a podcast where we want to create diversity in thought, not division in community, and where we want to help you remember how to think and not tell you what to think. My name's Matthew Fisher. I'm the creative director here at Hill City, where we are recording this in every episode, and I'm here with my main man, member of the team, and co-host, John Wagler. Wags, what's going on, man? It's all good. It's always all good. It's, with all, it's all good. We are, <laughs> we are fresh off three days at Lake Gaston, three days in Sandbridge, hanging out with friends and family and just good stuff, you know? Beach or lake? Lake. 10 Man, out of 10. Hot take. 10 talk, out of 10 times. We talk about a lot of controversial things here <laughs> on Stay Curious, but Wags preferring lake to beach. Yeah. I just, you know, it's so much more peaceful. It is. The, 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 the sea is angry. My right, friend. it's like the sea is angry. My the friend, the sea is angry. My <laughs> friend. So there was some comedian that used to do a bit about how surfing is just being rejected. Like you, you go out to the sea, and the sea pushes <laughs> you back to the earth. Like the sea doesn't want you. That's what surfing is. Yeah, um, yeah. We just got back from Florida, um, and it was a family visit, but also sort of a vacation. We weaseled our way into Disney World for free, which Beautiful. was amazing. Um, my wife is a travel agent, and she was able to do that. So that was pretty sweet. And got That's it. awesome. Yeah, we did. I did Epcot for the first time. Never been oh. to Epcot, which was wild because I grew up like an hour from Orlando. Yeah. Um, what was and, your favorite part of Epcot? Um, it was a little silly. They had like a Guardians of the Galaxy live music show, which... I think would have been really grating, but for me as like an old comic book guy from years and years back, it's still so weird to me to just see like a Disney stage show based around Rocket Raccoon, who's like not a comic book character I would right, have picked yeah. for yeah. Um, major stardom. Um, so yeah, it was, but it was really good. And not Epcot is not the like boring educational theme park that I feel like people True. say it is. It's and like, listen, they're. Magic Kingdom's fireworks are out of control, um, but Epcot's are so good yeah. at the end of the night. Like, yeah. 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 And I, I don't know. I like the park. It was good. I'm going to go back. But we're not here to talk about our vacations. No, that's our next episode. Well, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Vacation Talk. <laughs> um, we're here to talk about things that we're curious about. Mm. And this week, um, it's kind of hard to... I feel like usually we have pithy titles for our stuff. <laughs> uh, this week, it's going to be a little more like cerebral and all over the place so buckle up for that um so instead of kind of saying we're going to talk about this we're going to start with how we got on this topic and then maybe a hopefully a pithy one-line title will emerge so that when i yeah, post it that's true. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah so uh, while i was in florida and i don't think you were yet on vacation or maybe you were you sent me an article that was basically um and i'll let you su- sort of summarize it but what i got out of it was this idea um, it was an article about how a lot of celebrities, Leonardo DiCaprio and Madonna and like some of the celebrities that are particularly concerned about environmentalism had reposted some pictures of the Amazon burning, mm. some of which were not actually the Amazon, some of which were the Amazon during a fire 30 years ago. And basically just to bring attention to the current, you know, very destructive fires in the Amazon, they had sort of like reposted misinformation and um, referred to the Amazon as the lungs of the world. And then this article yeah. interviewed an a- somebody who studies the Amazon and <laughs> right. said, and what I got out of it was this expert saying like, this is terrible that this is happening, but it's also not necessarily true that they're the lungs of the world. Was right. that basically, is that a- yeah. And I think too, well, what was also valid was the guy like lived there for a long time as right. well. So he was all up in the Amazon. Yeah. Right. And so, 
I thought what was interesting was I I sat there watching videos of things and the pictures being shared and and everything and I read a couple other articles that were talking about oh my gosh if this happens and the carbon dioxide that's released and the imbalance that happens and like I was like sitting there being like am I getting short of breath right now just reading (laughs) just like like reading this is this it (laughs) um but then I then I just like saw that next article like the day after I read those other two and it was funny because you go through this rhythm of things where like I was reading the other stuff we were actually at the lake when I read it and I turned to a few of the folks that were there with us and I was like y'all like have you like heard about this and we started talking about it and I was just sharing the facts I was reading from the other two articles and then the next day I wake up and see the other one and I was like huh that's weird and it just made me feel odd Hmm. you know like because I'm like there's a part of this though that like it's not good that these fires are happening and it is a problem you know and everything but but then I'm like man all these people sharing this stuff it's also kind of like y'all were duped Mm-hmm. to some degree mm-hmm. and and some of the facts like mm-hmm. you know and and then when you're sharing photos from 30 years ago or whatever it is and and so it just got me thinking about information it got me thinking about my gosh how just inundated we are with statistics and different things and how easy it is to twist those things we know all that but i just started thinking about uh some of our political talk and you know we fully engage that here and uh but one of the things that's always annoyed me is the 81% of evangelicals that voted for Trump. Mm-hmm. And the reason why it annoys me because I'm like, it's just, it's not even possible to be true. Mm-hmm. And and it's because less than half of evangelicals actually voted in the election. And then there's no way to tell if someone actually truly, when I use the term evangelical, it's just the phrase that's used for for Christians right. to some degree. And um, that term has gotten really watered down and people mm-hmm. don't even, there's an, it's ex- basically just, you're not a Catholic Correct. or a, you don't, you're, it's almost like interchangeable with non-denominational, but then it also, Kinda, yeah. it, but it also incorporates some denominations. It does. It does. It's a weird term that now like, there's it's almost even, a blanket term for non-Catholic. Yeah. I mean, like Protestant. Correct. And then like now there's an ex evangelical movement, right. you know, like that whole thing. And but, I can even remember being in the, in the Presbyterian church and people referring to themselves as reform evangelical. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. not, not new evangelicals, but like reformation. You get it. In its, it's most simplest form, like evangelical means you're just sharing the gospel. Right. That's what it's <laughs> but, supposed to mean. Yeah, that's what it's supposed to mean. So anyway, they say that, and then I'm like, well, less than half of quote-unquote evangelicals voted in the election, right? And then out of those half, there's no way to determine who actually is following Jesus right. passionately. So to, Yeah. Don't we all wish that spreading the good news of Jesus Christ was as easy as checking a box on yeah. your like ballad? <laughs> so I just get so annoyed with that stuff because it, it builds this false narrative that, you know, it, it creates a larger divide between Christians and non-Christians. Mm-hmm. It pr- then it actually pushes even Christians to be like, well, I mean, if all these other Christians are voting for yeah. this way or going this route like am i, and I guess team? am i on the wrong team right. whatever and i'm like no like hit pause for a second like it can't be true mm-hmm. you know and and we know this too even just the people we're around if we were to take 10 people there's no way that eight right. of them did that you know and so um now that doesn't mean if you did vote for donald trump that all of a sudden you're not a christian or anything mm-hmm. we're not saying that it's just like about the actual statistic and that bothered me and and just going through my gosh, like, shoot, we were just talking 
10 minutes ago about, I was like, Hey, did you see the video of, I was like, I just, I was on Twitter. So I saw oh, this yeah. video of the pastor that just retweeted a video that was from comedy central. And she thought it was from, it was actually president Trump. You right. Know? It was I'm somebody like, impersonating. President yes. Trump. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, what are we doing? Yeah. You know? So anyway, that kind of led us into this discussion of today about what do we do with all this kind of deep fake stuff and um, the constant information we're receiving and and what does that mean for us as as Christians in particular? Like, how do we take it in and then what do we do with it? Yeah, kind of, you know, social media, the internet and social media, I really think that we need to start um, thinking about it more in terms of like what a in, what an innovation it is and what a humanity changing innovation it is, right? So after gunpowder was invented, humanity was different. After the printing press was invented, humanity was different, right? Like somebody invented a head scratcher and it didn't change humanity. It's like nice to like do the little spider thing on your on your noggin every once in a while, but it's not a humanity changing invention, right? Like even something. <clears throat> excuse me, even something important like the, um, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a good example, like the whiteboard or the chalkboard didn't change humanity. But there are innovations that change humanity. The internet and social media are is one of those things. Sure, yeah. And just like all those other things, we have to now adapt our humanity, like adapt who how society works to handle this new power. No different than after the atom bomb or the car or the, assembly line or like these other gigantic innovations and we're not doing a very good job of that mm-hmm. like <clears throat> that documentary the great hack is like a good example oh, of like gosh. yeah if you haven't watched that you need I to would, I, yeah I, is that an official stay curious recommendation <laughs> i feel like you just i don't care i don't care where you fall just go watch the the documentary it's on netflix it's called the great hack you should yeah. watch it um, but that's it, it really high it does a good job of highlighting like hey the laws can't be the same now like mm-hmm. the laws have to change because the world has changed because of the internet and because of social media. And, you know, when when to be educated, to have facts or to have knowledge meant that you had to be like a full-time either like monk and just like sit, you know, like sit in a monastery and read books all day or some kind of hardcore professor or something, you know, you you uh, did the work that it took to gain that knowledge and then by merit of that probably knew how to wield it a little bit better. Just like if you spend 200 hours at a gun range, you're going to be a little better with with a firearm, right? And probably respect that firearm a little more. Now, information is just like dumped in mass, like wholesale into our heads, which I think is a good thing because it democratizes the idea of information. But we haven't really done the hard work to know how to handle information. And so we use it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. Yeah. It's like when someone's like, I Googled it. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? Sure. But yeah. like Google does it by rankings, not by facts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you <Yeah. know? laughs> so there's just a part of this that as we engage it, here's the thing. And I really believe it's like, I think there's a spirit behind all information. Right. Of some kind, a spirit mm-hmm. of pride, of manipulation, of, whatever yeah you know and and so with that even from a faith standpoint i think it's important for us to then take a step back and be like how do we figure out what the spirit is here Mm -hmm. you know and 
and take some time to actually do that rather than jumping on something. Right. You know, and so because I think we can all listen, all of us have been duped somehow. Yeah, 100 <laughs> percent. Yeah, no one is yeah totally free from <laughs> yeah. being duped. Yeah. yeah. So I just think it's important that as we started kind of talking through some of this, it's like, hey, well, what does this mean for us as we begin to kind of try and figure out I'm getting inundated with all this information all the time about all these things. And some of these things I really care about, whatever mm-hmm. those things are, but figuring out what does this mean for me and what's right. the spirit behind it? And how do I really have some wisdom, right? Ultimately mm-hmm. is what we're talking about. How do we have some wisdom to begin to discern? Is this a, what kind of spirit is here when I'll be preaching on the Sunday about this, but you know, in first John, he talks about, you not test everything. Mm hmm. Everything and I think honestly, I don't think we do that, right? As a yeah. whole, yeah. You know, I mean, that's part of what kind of I guess brought this whole podcast as a thing, right? Like the curiosity piece. But I mean, seriously, how how often do we really test things? Yeah, and I think we we um, are very tired at being asked to juggle facts and. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of how to put it like so we're being asked to verify facts or I think we're challenging people to verify facts right so cool now you've gone on and googled like you said and verified this fact that like whatever the Amazon is burning so it's a fact that the Amazon is on fire right, now, right? <laughs> right. like that's yeah. a fact yeah. so you verified that fact maybe you take a step in more and find out how fast it's burning what it did but then once you've got the facts you then need to like shift your you're spinning plates and so now you're spinning the facts plate and maybe you got it spinning the plate's not broken it's on the stick now you have to switch to the other spinning plate of why do i care about this and why am i sharing it mm-hmm. so it's all you know everything we learn this in the bible i mean we learn this just in life as we get older there's always sort of a um there's a pragmatic you know uh sort of level to things and then there's an emotional level to things and there's always two things like Nobody just gets up in the morning and decides they're going to be like a journalist. There's some heart thing going on that that pushed them to be a journalist. Like nobody just gets up in the morning and decides, like we learned during the abortion thing, nobody gets up in the morning and is like, I'm pro-life now or I'm pro-choice right, yeah. and here's why. Here's the facts. There's always some like emotional driver behind those facts. And we need to start struggling with once we have the facts and you do need to get them. So there's still a whole nother part of this conversation <laughs> where it's like, no, you're just blatantly believing lies without verifying them so do verify your facts but then question the spirit behind why did you share that why did the person you read it from share it why did the person who wrote it write it like what is the purpose behind it Mm -hmm. and that sounds a little conspiratorial it's not always bad like sometimes it's good like sometimes they had a good heart and it needed to be shared you know like it would be overly cynical to be like, oh, well, Martin Luther King just did what he did because he wanted attention. No, of course not. <laughs> like he did, yeah. it, you know, he did what he did because he wanted equality and he wanted his people to be more free. Like, yeah. Um, but there is still a spirit behind a thing. Like he didn't, Martin Luther King didn't wake up one day and just be like, I'm going to fix this. You know, he, there was, there was a reason that he did it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that sort of brings up a good example or like a good, I don't know, a conundrum for me of with, so with the Amazon thing, some people shared some not fact-checked pictures <laughs> and right. made claims that weren't necessarily scientifically accurate about oxygen and carbon dioxide. 
Um, but now we have to question like, but was the spirit behind that missing? I get really, I don't think we have an answer. Like I get really weirded out and like stuck in the tension when I think like, well, what if information misinformation was shared with the right spirit and then got the proper result? Yeah. You know, like if the, if the end result is we do better at the earth and there's some misinformation in there, do we then like make the whole case void because the pictures that they shared of the Amazon were too old, you know? Like, sure. Oh. Yeah. No, I think that's a delicate thing because you, but it, it's, that goes along with sometimes good things come out of bad things. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. so I think that I would follow that. I mean, shoot, we see that in the Bible, you know, with the story of Rahab, mm. you know, Rahab is put in the lineage of Jesus in one of the genealogies. And, and it's an interesting thing because she's celebrated for protecting the spies, but the reality is she lied, mm-hmm. you know, to do so. Now there's more to the story and I get all that. But but part of like what happened in that was God redeemed the lying, mm-hmm. you know, and then something good came out of that, you know. And, and so, I don't know, when we're talking about searching for facts and understanding context and what the reader's trying to do, that's, that is literally what we tell people on how to read the Bible. Mm. It, it really is. Like when, when someone talks to me about how do I read the Bible? Why does the Bible say this? Or this verse is weird. Mm. Where does this come from? I always talk about you got to fi- figure out context. You got to figure out why they're, they're writing it. You got to figure out what part of history <laughs> they're mm. writing it for. You got to understand that the way biblical, the, the way the Bible was put together was also to tell a larger message within the context of their time. Mm-hmm. You know, so some things that you're going to read and the, and the examples you're going to read aren't going to be, they're going to seem odd compared to today, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's like when the Bible talks about stoning your kids to death for disobedience, right. you know, it's, that seems weird, <laughs> you know, but for that time, it was actually kind of revolutionary compared to what they were doing with child sacrifices and what they would do to kids back then. Mm-hmm. You know, so there was, so th- there's, there's context to things. And, and, and I think we lose that. Mm-hmm. We do it, we do it with the Bible as well. Mm-hmm. Like, like this is like part of the discussion all the time around theology is we neglect to do that with the Bible. Yeah. You know, and I think we do that. We do it with politics. We do it with, cultural conversations we do it with celebrities we do it with you know you name the thing with anything that i just think we get too wrapped up to your point in the emotion of things sometimes Mm. that it's like when someone's like you guys tim tebow like he's 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 coming and he loves jesus and he's this and he says Mm. listen tim tebow is an amazing dude right Mm. but i'm like what if tim tebow slips up yeah so does everything just go away right yeah you know so i'm like Let's chill out a little bit mm-hmm. on like what we're actually putting everything into. Right. You know, and I think that does, that just happens too often with different articles and different mm-hmm. things that we get fed. And again, like I'm just replaying the great hack in my head, mm-hmm. you know, of like how they do this. And and it's crazy how yeah. they do it. But mm-hmm. um, but it, it feeds the monster mm-hmm. and then creates this divide. And I think we feed into um, in Proverbs uh, 15, 14, I think it is, you can fact check this, um, that it talks about how that um, that those that are wise have a heart for knowledge. Mm-hmm. 
and discernment. That's what it's talking about. But the fools feed on trash. Right. <laughs> and I just think we, we get very foolish sometimes because we feed on trash. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so we don't take the time to, and it, and it should take time. Mm. Like the Amazon, for instance, is a complicated story, a complicated event, and it should take time for us to to like disseminate some of the discern some of the information and then post something, mm-hmm. you know, but we don't typically want to do that. Yeah. And I think, um, so I can hear already there's sort of like another side to this saying, well, it's complicated has become sort of a synonym for, um, like a, a light. No. Right. <laughs> like, well, it's sure. more com- Right. Like we hear yeah. this with, we hear this with like, racial stuff a lot like well it's complicated and it's like almost always a like somebody in a place of privilege saying like it's complicated it's mm-hmm. like there's not a lot there's a lot of like white comfortable people being like well it's complicated it's kind of the somebody in an article i read recently um if you ever saw the movie get out which was like a horror movie um by jordan peele that had a really good i mean it's definitely a horror movie it's definitely like an r-rated movie but it had some great stuff about race in it and the parents in it who ultimately become the bad guys, they are, they go out of their way. The writers go out of the way to make them very like quote unquote pro equality. And like, they say, I would have voted Obama in for a third term if I could have, you know? And it's just like this feeling of the sort of it's complicated. I think in our, our society sometimes becomes synonymous with the slow no, or with the, the like, but let me tell you why this doesn't matter. I know that obviously that's not your heart, but when we say stuff like that or when we read stuff like that, again, we need to discern what the spirit is. So, for instance, with the Amazon thing, it's like if you read something like that article that you sent to me was from Forbes, which I would probably say is like, you know, Forbes and Business Insider are like middle-ish. Yeah. You know, there's probably some there. It ain't Fox News or CNN. right? Right. Yeah. Um. And the spirit of the article to me didn't read as like, let me tell you why you shouldn't believe all these liberals with their, you know, environmental nonsense. It read to me as like, well, let's just try to, to like take the facts, but it would have been very easy for me or someone to take that article and post it with a heart or a spirit of chill out liberal with your (laughs) environment, like check, check out a real expert, you know, and that's not what the article says, but that, and at the same time. It would have been easy, and I think is this is what happened, was um, people on the more environmental side took the misinformation that was posted, realized the value in advancing their narrative, and posted with like, look, the Amazon's burning, it's the lungs of the world, and we're all going to die if we don't stop right, it, yeah. right? But then we have to question like, but was their heart wrong? Like if somebody would have posted that and then you would have found out that Leonardo DiCaprio is running a nonprofit for save the Amazon that he himself is, is profiting $3 million off of or whatever, like making something, then it becomes like, "Ah." yeah, there's a different spirit behind it. Yeah. Yeah, I follow the money, follow the money, follow the power to figure out if you really want to know what the spirit behind the thing is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when you talk about the spirit behind something too, it's twofold of your spirit, Right. Behind why you're posting it, uh, and then the spirit of the writing, right? And and I guess when I say it was complicated, it has more to do with it takes time mm. to discern, mm-hmm. and I you can't. It's like when someone's like, "I'm trying to figure out what God wants me to do," or whatever. I'm like, sometimes it just takes time, and it might be years, yeah. you know. And so, 
I think you can't get away from that. And when everything is just at the tip of our fingers all the time, we miss out on the fact that some of this we should just be more deliberate. For instance, you could post something and ask questions. Mm -hmm. I just read this today. I don't know how I feel about it. Can someone else help me or post something like point me in a direction that might give some other information on it? I mean, can you imagine if we lived in a world like that? You know, and so, but... I would say, again, for Christians, mm. <laughs> we should be the best at this. Yeah. We, I mean, we truly should. And, and only, and I only say that not because Christians should be better people mm. or, or anything. It, it has more to do with the fact that what I mean by that is when the Bible consistently talks about wisdom and understanding being connected to God's truth, mm. That there's something that when we step into wisdom and understanding of any topic, we are stepping into a God moment. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, again, take the environment, environmental thing. If we are seeking out wisdom and knowledge of what's going on in our environment, mm-hmm. rather than just going off of like one thing or, or another, we're engaging. You have to engage people. You have to engage deeper knowledge. And then you then start seeing like, okay, what would God want me to do here? Mm-hmm. You know, so it changes how we just engage information around us. Well, and if, yeah, 100%. And I think like the crux of what we're getting at is something that is brought up over and over again in the Bible, which is having the facts. It's important to have the facts, right? It's Wisdom is valuable. Like the Bible values wisdom. It values, I mean, just the way that Jesus talks is like he knows his scripture, Right. Sure. Like, yeah. it's important. It was important for him to know and to study his whole childhood to mm-hmm. be perfectly educated on what he was talking about. So facts matter. So f- step one, make sure that you're not just reposting some weird YouTuber who has some conspiracy theory about whatever. Like, please don't do that. <laughs> like, facts matter. But once you have the facts, the Bible also tells us how you wield them matters. So you can you can say a fact and be wrong for yeah. lack of a for yeah. lack of a less poetic way to say it like in corinthians it talks about um uh like i can speak with the voice of angels but if i do so without love i'm but a clanging gong yeah. i can say the right thing but for the wrong reasons and then that what i said is fool like it's the wrong spirit yeah yeah the, with the wrong spirit wisdom becomes foolishness um and i think that that's that's super important so again when you're reading fa- when you're reading these articles these facts whether it's about whatever the amazon or or the 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 president like the thing came up with like oh the president oh trump no trump's saying that uh we can just nuke hurricanes and then i looked into it right because i was just like that seems i mean you know let's call a spade a spade i'm not a huge trump fan but that seems crazy um so i looked into it and it was like it was an unsubstantiated rumor it was from a source you know, do I think that maybe he could have said that? Yeah, I mean, he's said some things on his Twitter that seem unreasonable. But to share that as a fact, that doesn't help anybody. Yeah. Like, that's... A, no one shared that article with a good heart. Like, the heart was either snark or superiority or mean-hearted, mean-spirited humor. Um, So it's like, what what is the heart behind writing something like that? What is the heart behind... So that when 
there is like a real thing that we can disagree with when there's something about money or policy or race or whatever, something that you can really disagree with our president about. No one's going to listen to you because you were sharing the stupid nuke the hurricane story. Yeah. And then we get into this mode of then when you do share something that is legitimate, people aren't going to believe you. Yeah, your credibility is yeah. eroded because your heart was wrong. Not Absolutely. Be- yeah. yeah. Or or they do stuff like this where someone will say the nuke the hurricane thing mm-hmm. and you're like, well, he didn't say that. And then someone else is like, yeah, but he could have. I'm like, yeah, but he didn't. Yeah, but we don't. <laughs> yeah, you can't verify that he did <laughs> so, or didn't. Yeah. So there's there's just things like that. Again, um, even from a Christian standpoint, mm-hmm. we're talking about gossip and lying. Right. Right. And, uh, and slander and all those things that are clearly written about in mm-hmm. the Bible, how God detests those things mm-hmm. and that. They actually show that you are more in line with the devil than with Jesus. Right. Like, just take that part in for a second, you know? And so I think that becomes like a factor, too, when we start sharing things. Yeah. Yeah. And look, if this has gotten too convoluted, this is an analogy that I've liked recently. Um, People widely, scientists widely accept that the theory of relativity, Einstein's theory of relativity is real, right? E equals MC squared. We've all seen it written somewhere. Energy times mass uh, or I'm sorry, energy equals mass times the speed of light. If you go to a kindergarten class and go E equals MC square, you said a real thing. You said a fact didn't do any good. Right. Didn't do any good because they don't they don't have the, the basis to understand that. Take it a step further. If you went into a kindergarten class because you, you didn't like the kids, like you wanted to make the kids feel stupid because you needed to somehow feel smarter than a kindergartner <laughs> and you went E equals MC square. Now you've said a fact, it didn't do any good, and it's hurtful, like you said it for the wrong reasons. So just because you have a fact, even a verifiable one, doesn't negate the heart behind. There's no such thing as like, well, facts are facts, and this is what the facts are. Like, there's always always something behind it. And and again, that is biblical. Yeah, like no doubt. I've never been so sure. (laughs) Usually, (laughs) I feel like when we talk about the Bible, I'm usually it's like I'm pretty sure this is what it means. But like, that's biblical. Whether it's Corinthians or. Or, or even when Jesus and and the devil are in the desert, right? Yeah. The, something I noticed on a current on a like recent reading through Luke was like the devil's quoting scripture at Jesus. Oh yeah, he's facts, right? Like yeah. Jewish facts, or yeah. like scriptural facts. Just think about that. The devil quotes scripture at Jesus in the desert. To tempt him, yeah. That's crazy. The wrong spirit. How did I miss that all these years? But that's what we do with the Bible all the time. 100%. Like we take it out of context to try and prove a point. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the wrong heart. It's the wrong spirit. So we're talking about articles, but I can just as easily be like, how many times have you shared something from the Bible to prove a point that really doesn't have anything to do with the point of the Bible? Right. With the wrong heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so context matters. That And that kind of... I, we were going to do this on the on the beginning, mm-hmm. but like I was thinking about the context and how we read the Bible, mm-hmm. um, and maybe just a way to wrap this up of answering one of the questions yeah. that we had come in yeah. um, about in our last episode. Uh, we talked about science and faith, and I made a comment about uh, Adam and Eve, and maybe they're not real. And uh, yeah. do you want to read? The- yeah. So we got an email from listener Brenda Davis. Thank you so much for writing in, Brenda. Um, and she wrote this, um, I just finished listening to the faith and science episode. I've always liked science and I have a minor in biology. So speaking from a place of knowledge, my question for John specifically is 
If Adam and Eve are not real particular people, then how do you handle the genealogies that list people from Adam all the way to Jesus? At what point do you think that people stop being symbolic and start becoming real people? Staying curious, Brenda. Thanks, Brenda. We love Brenda. And, um, you know, there's a lot to that. I'll try and keep it as succinct as possible. But there's this goes into context about the Bible and when it was written, how it was written, what the purpose was for. And those genealogies, for instance, if you go into Genesis 4 and look at the genealogy and you go into Genesis 5 and look at the genealogy that's put in there, uh, they are different. And different to the point even where in Genesis 4, um, it says Enoch fathered certain people. And then in Genesis 5, it says someone else fathered the same person that Enoch did. And so it's a it, there's a discrepancy there. Um, in Genesis 10 and 11, genealogies are different. In uh, in First Chronicles and Second Chronicles and some of the stuff that's put in there with First and Second Kings and the layout of when certain things happen, there's some differences there. Uh, and in the genealogies about Jesus in Luke and in Matthew, they're different, and uh, they tell a different story. And so even when we look at genealogies, um, is it possible that they were talking about real people? It is possible, okay? But it's also possible, and maybe even more likely, but it's also possible that they were using these genealogies to tell a larger story for a different purpose in that particular time. And so when you look at... Uh, say the the two in uh, Luke four and in Matthew, uh, in those genealogies, they are trying to do it for different purposes. When you look at um, the one where in Matthew, where they want to they want to establish Jesus as king, and so Jesus. So what Matthew is doing is he's creating this genealogy, and it's in three sets of fourteen, which is has to do with numbers and Jewish scriptures and and everything as well. And there's some holes in that genealogy, um, honestly, um, that he skipped a few steps to create, to create the three of 14. And, um, and so, uh, there's some holes there. And so he was trying to, the genealogy in the historical element of the genealogy, what, that's not what was important. What was important was establishing Jesus as King, that he was, he was a better David. Because they were all looking to David, and then in Luke four, um, they're trying. What Luke's trying to do is bring it all the way back to Adam and saying that, like, hey, Jesus is a better Adam. As a second, like we looked at Adam this way, but Jesus is like is the perfect one, is the perfect human. Because you even see that right after Luke tells the genealogy, he goes into the temptation story where Adam and Eve failed, but Jesus did not. And so it's just telling a bigger story. Now, could someone argue like, well, how do we know this? And how do we know, like, how can we trust now the Bible with this? And I would say, well, if that's where you immediately go, then I would say that you don't, we, there's more to the Bible there than just being like, it's got to be 100% perfect on all the facts or else it all goes away. Like, that's just not how the Bible's written. And and so, now someone, I know, someone's going to listen to this, and they're going to have all these other questions about the Bible. And maybe what we should do, maybe maybe that would be good. We'll do a few episodes just around the Bible and and what it's, um, how to read it, and maybe some folks out there who are like, well, I don't believe in maybe a Noah or a Jonah or a Job or an Adam and Eve. And we could talk about how they can still be faithful to the Bible. And those of you that are listening that are 
like you're like no i do believe in a factual adam and eve and noah and everything you too can obviously be faithful to the bible and so that there's more to it than sometimes that we um are willing to admit with context and purpose and the reason why someone might be writing it so yeah and if you do um want to sort of interface with that um you can email us at stay curious at hillcityrva.com again that's stay curious at hillcityrva.com questions concerns comments um and we would love to talk about that we can take questions we can take comments um if there's someone who can prove themselves at least a little bit of a uh, an expert we can have somebody on the show like we would love to have that discussion because i think it's something that people um want to talk about like stuff um you know, like how scientifically factual is the Bible or like how should we interpret some of the like genealogies and some of the um, like time spans and, and things like that. Um, yeah, or even I heard someone ask recently, if the Bible isn't perfect, mm-hmm. how can I trust God? Hmm. And, I, and I was like, that is a great question. And it's a, it's, I have some answers to that. Um, you know, we it's like God uses imperfect things all the time Mm -hmm. to show his perfection and who he is. Mm -hmm. And so isn't it possible he could use an imperfect Bible, but it's still the perfect word of God. Yeah. And the answer is yes. I mean, that's possible, man. I would encourage people. This has always been my thing with biblical doubt. Like I have self doubt a lot, but I'm at a place in my life where I'm just not biblical doubt is not really my thing, but also I'm not super, I'm going to probably to a lot of people be more on the looser, you know, whatever the fallibility of the Bible. Um, but I would encourage people to study other people's sacred scriptures. Cause I don't think that like, I don't think that Adam and Eve need to be a real person. I, I definitely tend to be more on the like allegorical side of the old Testament with a lot of stuff. But at the same time, if you read like the Bhagavad Gita or um, like read Norris mythology, things that people really did believe for thousands of years. The Bible does seem like science compared to some like the the verifiability of a lot of the things in the Hebrew and Christian Bible. <laughs> it's crazy. Is crazy. Yes. Uh, more than a lot of other by the thousands. Like yeah, it's not even like the validity of the Bible. Is unreal, right? In so, ancient documents, right? But so yeah. I don't. So I guess my where I would fall on it is after studying world religion and reading other people's sacred texts, which is a great thing to do. I, I don't know. I just think that it's fascinating. But um, reading other people's sacred texts, where I sort of have always fallen is like the Bible is not a book of science, but it's a lot more scientific and historical than <laughs> other sacred sure. texts. If that yeah. makes sense, and that's not to like demean other people's sacred texts or whatever. Like, I think there's stuff like Proverbs. There's like wisdom that kind of is just like wisdom, like regardless of where you may believe it came from. Like there's things that are just good for us to do for one another. Um, But I would encourage people, like if you've never gotten into, or you've been intimidated by or whatever, but you're a reader and you like to study things like study other major world religions, sacred texts, like study other texts that large groups of people have followed for a long time, not to like prove them wrong, but just to see that like the Bible is more of a, like a history book and like more scientific than a lot of the stuff that a lot of its contemporaries, a lot of its literary contemporaries. And we can talk, I think that would be good to do even like an episode. I'm just, I feel like we're just dropping all these bombs at the end that (laughs) 
probably would be like, what is going on? I, let me just say this just to rest easy. I believe the Bible is the inspired word of God and I love the Bible and Matt does, loves the Bible yeah. and um, we're all in on the Bible. Yeah. And so, um, but I think it would be like a really cool maybe run of episodes to do of like kind of help people think through the Bible. And I have a couple ideas of who we can interview and stuff like that too. You could also listen to the Bible Project, which is a super good podcast Unreal. slash video Unreal. series. Like so, yeah. so good. Yeah. Sorry. I should. Yeah. I do believe wholly in the Bible. <laughs> um, but uh, hey, to segue back, we're just talking about truth and the spirit behind it. So this all encompassing umbrella of this yeah. episode. Um, yeah. So thanks everyone for joining us. Um, again, I warned you at the top. Kind of a loaded episode that was all over the place, but I think that we really kept it on the rails as best we could. <laughs> best we could. Um, if you have questions, thoughts, concerns, or comments, you can email us at staycurious at hillcityrva.com. We would love to hear from you, and um, we will see you all next time.